0: Sky in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two,
1: one. Hello, Murder Chronicles Nation. Welcome back to another bonus episode. My name's Brandon. I produced the show alongside Carolyn Osorio, who uh, is gracing us with her presence yet again. And we're lucky for that. Hello, Carolyn.
0: Hello, Brandon. I I love that when we start out like this, this is your manipulation. You're like (laughs) reeling me in.
1: Of course not. It's all all from the heart. All from the heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have a good week?
0: Yeah.
1: Good good
0: yeah I had a really great week what about you
1: yeah it was it was super cool and and uh listening to this episode um I was like uh, it was like a homecoming for me um because so much of it took place in Hollywood you know where I lived for so long and it's it's four miles from where I'm sitting now but I might as well fucking be on Mars right because I'm in the valley in Los Angeles and Hollywood is what locals call the city you know um so it's very very close but but a world away um and so uh like as i was listening i had So you're in the
0: suburbs
1: i'm in the suburbs yeah i'm in the suburbs it's weird it's not like because i grew up in the suburbs in jersey the suburbs of new york but that was much farther away i had to like cross the hudson river and get into jersey and all that there were bridges and stuff involved here it's like it's a 10-minute drive and you're in the suburbs but it's very very suburban um but the whole time I was listening, I had my phone open on Google maps and I was putting in the addresses and all that stuff. I'm like, Oh shit. I used to drive my kids past the, 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 the Soden house on Franklin.
0: To, oh my gosh. Really? That's right.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that's right where their, their preschool was at Franklin and Gower and the Soden house is on Franklin, just a couple blocks past Western, which is just a block past Gower. So it's like, Oh, super, super close. Um, and what a creepy looking house. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that, but, um, and uh, and and she was found. The body was found like in in like Mid City, um, which is which is neighborhood where I used to go to Lowe's all the time. Like if I had a little extra money and I didn't want to go to Home Depot, I'd go to Lowe's because I felt like a like a big shot, right? I'd have to go down to Mid City, and that was kind of right where right where her body was found. Um, but uh, but let's get into this. I I, I dug your interview your interviewees. And again, burying the lead with this guy was the son of the main suspect. That was interesting how we didn't know that until like a little on to, into the episode, but the woman that you were talking to uh,
0: yeah.
1: her kind of angle in, into speaking about it is, is the myth busting kind of portion of, of, of the show. Like she wasn't an actor. She wasn't this, she wasn't that. Like, I liked that. I liked her. Kind of starting with the clean slate and, and being all about the facts. And the first thing that made me go, what the fuck was it like living in the 40s? Quote, a lot of guys faked their own deaths to get out of
0: I know, child, right?
1: child care payments.
0: I, I freaking I, mean, I don't want to say I love that detail, but I'm like, whoa. Wow, that really gives you the flavor of it, right? And just the
1: like, I mean. It happened frequently.
0: We talk about deadbeat dads. We talk about I'm going to fake my own death and I'm, I'm going to get away from. I'm going to get away with it, and
1: and there's nothing that you can do about it.
0: I know. And then the arrogance of like, "Hey, it's your long lost dad. I didn't fake my own death. Come on down to California. Let's hang <laughs> and, out
1: and be my maid." Um, but right. So her being from Medford, it was. It also reminded me of. Uh, longfellow okay um paul revere's ride because you mentioned a lot of the towns that he mentioned in paul revere's Ride. you know it was one on the clock when he rode into medford town right um but you did anybody from the anybody from boston kind of cringed when you said charleston when it's charlestown okay, okay
0: Sorry,
1: charlestown mm-hmm. or they call it just the town okay mm-hmm. you know when he silently rode to the charlestown shore right yeah mm-hmm. One of by land and two of by sea. <laughs> the fate of a nation was riding that night, Carolyn, just so you know. Um,
0: I know. I, it just looked like you were on your high horse. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I love. Uh, and we we just, we just passed the. Um, well, it was eight days ago, April 18th, 1775 was the uh, anniversary of Paul Revere's ride. Yeah. So that was relatively recently. Yeah. You know what? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're always keeping it fresh here on the Murder Chronicles. Always,
1: always, always, always. Um, so uh, I, I, what I really liked about it was the um, a glimpse into how things were in the 40s, you know, and how things were different. And um, yeah. uh, that thing that, that you could fake your own death and, and get out of taking care of your family, right? And not even have to leave the country. Like Mm -hmm. this guy went to California and no one's like, he's gone.
0: Well, and then, I mean, in one of the past episodes, you talked about like how many people have been railroaded for crimes that they didn't commit. And it's like, here it is. Like you get to do whatever the, whatever you want. It goes the
1: other way. That's a great point. It goes the other way too. You can just get away with shit all you want. right so you were saying before we were cut off made an interesting observation that i was bitching on an earlier episode about how you can get a you can get railroaded for crimes you didn't commit in decades past but this also illustrates that you could also get away with shit
0: absolutely (laughs) get away with it like five kids see ya
1: bye wow another interesting kind of observation about that time um was less than 50% of students graduated high school.
0: Yeah. Isn't that weird? That
1: well, it was just a more, it was a more trade oriented kind of society, right? Like mm-hmm. to work, you're a farmer, you're a machinist, you're a mechanic, you're a, you know, a tradesperson, which was more centered around apprenticeships rather than, you know, a uh, high school curriculum. So- well-
0: and I wanted to put that in there because I don't think that it shows anything with her character that she did that because, oh, no. because basically it was like, Hey, you know what the war and you got to, it was just a whole different type of vibe, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah, it was, it, that's, it's kind of exactly what it was. It was, there was just, a, it was a different marketplace. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It was a different workforce Yeah, that that you were kind of matriculating into and, and not all of it was college prep in high school it was like, all right, if you're going to be an accountant or a doctor or a lawyer, okay, that's what you did. If you're going to go into the workforce and, you know, and be a farmer or work in a factory or like I was saying, or a machinist or, or, you know, whatever it was, then you didn't need to be in I was going just go to work, you know? Well, and
0: you're talking about most of those positions back then were male positions, like yeah. women didn't work in that. So she did not have a lot of options. and right, back then. Yeah.
1: Which leads to my next point. You went and you found a husband, yeah. which was exactly what she was. That seemed to be the focus from 18 to till her death. Right. Like, and yeah. not just a husband, but like a man in uniform, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 There's this
1: great Jimmy Buffett song. Cause you know, I started thinking about it when she was, she would spend her time down in Florida and I went, and something kind of connected in my brain. Um, there's this great Jimmy Buffett song called, uh, Lone, under my lone palm or lone palm something. And there's just this great line. And each verse is about a different person that he knew in his life. But one verse was about a, a woman. Um, and one of the lines was, uh, she wasn't crazy and she wasn't mad. She just wanted the father that she never had. From under my lone palm, I think about her today or something like that. So, and that reminded me of of Elizabeth. Her desperate quest for this for a man um, and the absentee father that abandoned the family when she was growing up are probably connected.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to say that that's not, I mean, I, my heart broke for her thinking about what, what that, what that was like for her, like traveling down there with this fantasy of what her dad was going to be and like thinking about it and thinking about how She's rushing into her, into his arms and that it's just going to be this momentous thing. And he's going to explain he's why. Saying, I'm he,
1: sorry. I always wanted to be there. I love you. Let's start making up for it right now. It was no, be a maid.
0: <laughs> the ultimate rejection. Yeah. The ultimate rejection. And good for her for not doing it. Good for her for like, you know what? This is gosh,
1: for gosh absorbing that body blow and saying, all right, this isn't what it was going to be. Let me get out of here.
0: Punch to the gut. But, I
1: mean, absolutely. That's that was um that had to be tough. She went through a lot in her short life. You know, the time Santa Barbara working on a military base, getting mm-hmm. popped for underage drinking. Mm-hmm. Well, I know
0: like in all of our conversations, or many of our conversations that we've had, one of the things that I've never said, but respect you the most for out of all the stuff is when you've talked about reading. To your daughters, to Kill a Mockingbird, going to their spelling bees when you've texted me and be like, "Hey, hey, I'll I'll text you when I'm back." Like all those things are just every child needs that, but especially yeah. girls, you know, for their father yeah. too. It's it's just a it's a different kind of thing, yeah. And 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 it put it puts you. It's not to say that you know people who come from single parents and everything can't and who don't have a father in their life, they can't you know have a great life. It's not that. It's just ideal when you have two parents, you know. And and I yeah. think that um, if you can, I mean, sure, I you know sure, what I'm saying. Sure. Like I just feel yeah. like it, you know she was on her own. She was on. She came from this huge family, and she's in California and going back and forth. She, can you imagine like the traveling to from California to Florida and like right. she's by herself. She's eighteen. Yeah, like, how many people along the way. I mean, it's just it, it's kind of incredible.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and having the added responsibility of a dry vagina.
0: Oh my gosh. Stop. Whoa. You really are trying to like take away everything I just said. Blow it up. Blow that. That's a
1: medical term, Carolyn. That's a medical term.
0: (laughs) Because you have a vagina. So you know what that is. (laughs) You've got a dry one. I'm going to call you DV.
1: Listen, I'm trying to take this seriously and you're ruining it. You're ruining it.
0: Instead of DS, double standard, I'm going to call you DV. Dry vagina.
1: You're ruining this, Carolyn. I wanted to have an adult conversation about a serious medical condition (laughs) that was often overlooked and women were referred to as frigid.
0: You know what? Unfairly. That was the thing that I could not understand. It took me like forever to like, why do people care about this? Oh, 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 this is why. Because it's her fault that she's like frigid and she's like turning guys on and then she can't. She's
1: a tease, like (laughs) all of that bullshit. Right. But listen, it goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, right? Is that at that time, women were expected to to go find a man for the most part, right? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And you were, and and what the the, the interviewee said in it, you're, the women were expected to look their best at all times, right? It was their duty to be yeah. as attractive as as possible, like at all times, and and there were some great observations made in this, from you know reading transcripts from men in the forties. Like when the guy said, "Well, she didn't really enjoy sex that much. Probably a lesbian, right? No way that it was his fault. No way that he, that he was a terrible lover, right?" No, right? And all be.
0: and all those detectives are like, "Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean,
1: probably."
0: They're holding all the cards, and they right. get to they get to say who this person was. It's just right. so unfair.
1: And then looking at it and through the prism of 2023, okay, where it's a medical condition, right? That's treatable nowadays. Back then, you had to lance a, a swollen sweat gland. I, I mean, I not a sweat gland, excuse me, what? a swollen gland that produces the the, the lubricant that makes sex enjoyable. Oh, mm. get stabbed. <laughs> you yeah, know what I, I mean? Know. To go please a man. Fuck all that, right? Like, but so it, and it not
0: was... not really back in the that time. It's like you it it yeah. goes to that whole thing about like. Okay, if you put out, then that means that you're, you know, it's just a woman is not able to enjoy her own sexuality back then, big time. And it was secret and under wraps. And if she didn't enjoy it the way they felt like she should enjoy it, then she was either a lesbian or, you know, there was something wrong with her.
1: Bridget. right? Didn't all that. So it, it was a really interesting and, and, weird and awful time in some respects uh, to be a woman back then, kind of like how it has been throughout history for the most part. Okay. I mean, just all, all cards on the table. Um, But, uh, but to hear it and, and to look again, to look at it today, how it was recorded back then and very casually to see how that wouldn't be accepted at all today shows how much society has changed even when we're sitting here thinking how far we still have to go, we look at how far we've come and we realize how fucked up it must've been back then. You know?
0: Yeah. But th- and that all this stuff was going on under the surface with these sex orgies at the Soden house. Yeah. I mean, it's like th- all this stuff was happening. It was just so under the surface. Yeah. You know? Homosexuality was illegal back then. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm just glad that I, mean, I was around. So here I mean,
1: time. interracial marriage was like uh, against the law until the 70s. I know it's in, so in some places. I mean, that's fucking insane. Um, but there was also a really cool kind of truncated history of of Hollywood and and people moving out here. Um, and you and you you said to escape uh the, the patent infringements, uh to escape Thomas Edison, because you know, very proudly. I will relate that the original Hollywood was New Jersey. That was the, where the film industry was born, but the weather was so shitty half the year. They're like, fuck this, let's go where it's sunny. And that, and they all came out here. And it was probably more to stay away from the, the 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 watchful stare of Thomas Edison protecting his patents. They wanted to just be able to use his shit without anybody knowing. Because apparently back then, if you're on the East Coast, California was a different planet. That's where fake dead fathers could go and start a new life and no one would ever find them. That's yes. where you could you could break patent laws all you wanted. Same continent, 2,500 miles away, do whatever you want.
0: I know. It's crazy how small the world is now, right? Yeah,
1: it really is. And and another interesting thing that wasn't explicitly stated, but it was implied, um, was that a lot of, and and I guess if you think about it, of course, um, a lot of the post war, a lot of the men coming home from World War II had some form of diagnosed or undiagnosed PTSD. They mm-hmm. saw some terrible, terrible shit on the battlefield. And healthcare system isn't what it was today. The the emotional uh emotional distress diagnoses were nowhere near what they are today. They were still calling it like shell shock back then. Right. You know? Yeah. Um and uh and so these guys are just out on the streets go find a job in a rip roaring economy where you could go do whatever you wanted, you know, with so much opportunity in post-war America. Um, And then, but these, a lot of these men were uh, a lot of these men were damaged. So that was, that was cool to think about or an interesting kind of perspective and then a lot of stuff that wasn't discussed, but that we've seen in movies, like the gangsterism that was going on, that that perfect, perfect Curtis Hansen film, in my opinion, uh LA Confidential. Oh, oh
0: my god. Oh.
1: Well, Chef's Kiss for that movie. Just perfect film. I loved it.
0: What about China Cinder or China? Chinatown. Chinatown, Chinatown I mean, Nicholson. The guy with the nose. Oh yeah. My oh god. my gosh. I mean, it's so great. It, great. it totally reminded me. As I was putting this together, I was like, oh, is this the same? This is what this is. This is this vibe. It's totally reminding me of it. But that was before, I think, maybe a decade or two before. Yeah, yeah. The, but leading up
1: office. to it. Yeah. The interwar yeah. years, you know. But it, make, it makes me want to go, like, read, like, James Elroy, you know, that writer. He, he wrote LA Confidential. He's just had a boner for the LAPD, like, forever. Like, that's all he wants to write about. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Do it. You know, because it's such a rich a rich history out here. Um. But so let's get into, because it, listen, if, if, gun to my head, if you asked me Black Dahlia, uh, I would have said she was an aspiring actor who, you know, met the wrong dude. And and I love having that myth busted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder
1: why, why we think that. Why, why would, would most people think that?
0: Well, I think that the historian that I spoke to was like, people want, the unromantic version of that is that she just wanted to marry a, a guy in military and have the family that she never had that's not really exciting, right?
1: What's more
0: exciting is, oh, she wanted to be a starlet, the couch, you know, the casting call, all that kind of Right, she
1: was trying to sleep her way to the top or she was whatever, right? right, That's like way
0: more exciting. And also the way that she was found was, I mean, uh, the guy, Hodel, Steve Hodel actually sent me the uh, autopsy photos and I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, it is like, yeah.
1: See, this is why we need an Instagram page because I bet you'd get a ton of people.
0: I, don't I, would, I wouldn't do that to people. I mean, it's really, really sad. And that goes to the 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 violence towards women that- It's
1: also 75 years ago and now it's, it's a public interest, right? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it's ever not been a public interest. I think that they've had like over the years, over, I think it was like 600- People like said they were the ones that killed the Black Dahlia. Like it's just it's it's a case that never stops. Right. I mean, for me, I really think that this George Hodel is like. Yeah, good. we'll get
1: to him. We'll get to him.
0: <laughs> we'll get to him. We'll, we'll get to him. Jump ahead. Okay. Um, okay. I just think that the Hollywood story is so much more like salacious. Uh, it's salacious. Salacious, and this right. the whole scene, and like her trying to make it, and um. You know, they wanted to sell papers.
1: We call it a Christmas tree. Cause you can hang anything on it that you want, right? If you put if, if you put Hollywood there, like, okay, then she could be a prostitute, then she could be, oh, whatever. And then, oh, she was this. It was for a job, and maybe it was an actor, maybe a director, maybe it was a Hollywood, you know, like all that. You can build it up. And mm-hmm. and it looks like that's what's happened over the decades. Yeah. People have have run with these with these false kind of ideas about it. So um um, so my next big question is, uh, what is the validity of this, uh, of this love test? And is that something that I can implement in my life?
0: Oh okay. my gosh. I could totally picture this guy doing that, right? If
1: she sleeps so with they, me, it means my marriage is okay. not supposed to Okay, here's the thing
0: with you. When it comes to like love and you being a young dummy, I mean, you <laughs> totally would be doing that. I mean, that's totally you. Absolutely. Talk about elves. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, <laughs> young and dumb is you, but I think that like, I could totally picture him doing that, you know, we'll be back after a quick break. Of course, of course, you
1: know, the type of guy that it is some, some meathead, you know, is like, well, I'm attracted to both of them. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> right? And you'll probably bring God into it. Well, God wouldn't want me to be in love with two women. So I have to figure out which one it really is. So if she sleeps with me, it's obviously her and I got to say goodbye to my wife. If she doesn't, it's all a bunch of bullshit. It's just guys being fucking stupid guys, you know? Um, but back then, right. In a society that even more so than today favored the word of men, uh, you can get away with that because you'd find a hundred guys in a bar to co-sign your bullshit be like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely dude. Let me know how it goes. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. And I, I think that it shows who she was about how she's trying to hustle it. Like she's not a prostitute. She is not like, she's just trying to figure it out and she's very vulnerable, but she has that line of like, dude, I'm not interested. I'm not just looking for a guy I'm looking for my dream. You know, I'm looking for, you know, she had bought the whole thing, hook, line and sinker about, you know, finding a replacement for this dead pilot.
1: Oh gosh, that's man. But she was also discerning. She didn't just hitch her wagon to the first, you know, horse going by. It was, she went on a lot of dates, Mm -hmm. right? Like she could have found a guy to marry her. She was an attractive young woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she had offers, but she wasn't like, no, you're not the right guy. You're not the right, you know, she was very available. She was very like willing to go out and meet and find the right dude that she just couldn't. She thought she did with this pilot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And unfortunately he, he, he died in service of his country, you know, which uh, tragic for her. And then, so she has to keep looking, but that had to be, it had to be tough. You know, when all she knew was alone and she probably had this fear of, you know, ending up like her mom, ending up alone and, you know, when not being able to keep a man around. Right. That back then that was probably like a scarlet fucking letter. Right. A stigma. Oh, your man left you hard enough to find one. And what if this asshole fucking runs off? Then what does that say about you? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I-
1: sure, I'm sure she had some self-consciousness about her medical condition Right, which which prevented her from from enjoying sex as much as, as she should have been able to. So it was. There's so much more to this, leading up to the event that I wasn't aware of. That I'm really grateful for this episode. Um, so the love test, that would be a no. I shouldn't bring that up with my wife.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, okay.
1: yeah. Well, couldn't couldn't say maybe. All right, whatever. Um, so I love that you asked the question. Oh wait! I'll get to that in a second. First of all, the Biltmore Hotel is great. I've been there a million times. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. grandiose. They have a lot of the original woodworking in the lobby. It's 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 incredible from from a different time. Um, so every, and they do a lot of events and stuff there. So every every time I see that on in an invitation, I'm I'm really looking forward to going. So um, does and,
0: it still, is it still designed like it was back then with like it, the elevators and everything's old and all, all the same. and everything? Oh, that's so cool. All the
1: same. It's so what, what happened in LA, like gosh, in the eighties ish. Okay. When there was a lot of new money coming into LA and they were tearing shit down and putting it up, putting up really awful things. Um, they started the historical kind of preservation society and they, and they tagged all of these buildings. Biltmore is one of them. I used to work at a hotel that was one of them. Um, all of the stuff that was built, like 1918 with a big building boom here in LA, up until like the 60s, all right? Um, Where you can't do anything to it. Like if, a, Like when I was working at that hotel, if a window pane broke... The historical society representatives had to show up, take a sample of the glass, make sure it's replaced with the exact same type of glass, using the exact same methods, like all of that shit. And the Mm -hmm. Biltmore is one of those buildings. So all of the woodwork is still there. If something rots or if something, if there's like a a pipe burst or something, right, they replace it with the same species of wood and they cover it with the same kind of paint. And and it's it's really remarkable, really, really nice. Kind of smells a little bit because everything's really old and they don't replace it. But uh, it's, it's right there on Pershing Square. It's, it's a really nice part of downtown, uh, historical, with wonderful old buildings, architecture, you know, old, uh, what is the architectural movement? Art Deco. Art Deco buildings are in everywhere. It's great. So, uh, yeah, the Biltmore is awesome. But I was so happy when you uh, asked this question, terrible question, but a great question. Was she alive during any of the awful things that were happening to her? And the answer was, yeah. And that.
0: That's so brutal.
1: And I didn't really need in my life to know that it's at the third lumbar. If you want to, if you want a body to be split in two, that's where you do it. You don't have to cut through any bone. Oh, thanks, Carolyn. Cool. Thank you. I have that in my fucking head now for the rest of my life. No, Thanks. I'm so
0: sorry. It just gets such a huge, it's not gratuitous. It's like the way that her body was separated and then you bring in the surrealism and it's like this guy, mm. if he's the one, and I think that he's the one, like the historian yeah. doesn't think that he's the one. I think that he's the one. Um, You know, what it takes to do that and the purpose mm. behind the the arrogance, the hubris, like he's showing off to these art friends and like he's taken, this is his canvas. I mean, it's so vile. Oh. It's so evil.
1: It's like, and he says, you ever want to cut someone in half, but you forget your bone saw, here's where you do it.
0: It's, just, it's awful. It's so and awful. And you
1: drain the blood and, and what, I'm just trying to, and the arms up and pointing i it just and so and then missing from the ninth dead on the 15th so six days what happened to this poor girl in those fucking six days i don't know you know what i mean
0: I, like was, I think, was she at
1: the was she at the the jaw house
0: i mean at
1: sex parties
0: i think that you know what that house reminds me of there's this author that i really love it's like his last name is uh uh clote repay or something like that but mm-hmm. he came out in 2001 with this book that basically it's kind of like a marketing book but it's about how people like like why suvs became so popular mm-hmm. back when they in the early 2000s and and it's because like the eyes can look like a, an animal like a tiger and people it's like supposed to give people the feeling of like ah this is my car right and, right. and it's like the it's it's responding to the reptilian cortex that we're not even kind of aware that drives us. Right. And so we had all these things. And when I look at that house, I just see these jaws. Yeah, It looks like a monster. My, it's like a monster.
1: Like the Amityville horror house. Worse. Right. I don't yeah. know, to Anthropomorphize something in a very scary, dangerous way. Yeah. That's, that's what it is.
0: Right. But then it's got all this beautiful foliage and then you've got this center. Like I was looking at pictures of it and it's like, it's actually really cool and beautiful inside. And I could just picture like if he's the one, if he's like, hey, you know, come hang out at my house. And she's like thinking, OK, you know, he's a doctor. Like, who's going to think this is a serial killer? Right. So she's super impressed with the home. And like, I mean, it's not like she he had to drag her in there. She was probably like, yeah, this is great. You know, maybe he's an older gentleman and he's somebody that, you know, is he my Prince Charming? right and so she goes inside having no idea that this is a a monster you know
1: like how charming Hannibal lecter was i mean obviously a fake character but but something like that that you know respected doctor super smart you trust him you know and playing on those on those stereotypes to get you at a disadvantage and then
0: absolutely next thing you
1: know you're bisected at the third lumbar you know and yeah, you're, no,
0: but that's the thing like it's like the honey thing he's she's you know it's like the Venus flytrap it's like she has no idea that this guy is is I mean I think that this type of personality would be easy would fool a lot of people like I I feel like I could be fooled yeah. you know
1: so Dr. Hodell.
0: yeah that's what I'm saying yeah
1: this guy this fucking guy as we say uh, so first of all, everyone was calling him deviant, right? Mm-hmm. He was deviant, but my question was, deviant by by what definition? Like what? What did the, what did? I
0: mean, the, I think deviant, I think incest. By? I think incest is is pretty much the, sure. the first thing that comes to my mind. But yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that he was terrible, and he became on their radar because of this trial where it's like not only is that sexual deviance deviancy happening where he's literally you know having sex with his daughter who runs to escape it and then they t- I mean it's amazing that it even went to trial right back in that day and he, he being like a successful doctor and having all yeah. those contacts like it's amazing that it even went to trial and that yeah. they didn't just put her in some kind of insane asylum or something but I mean ultimately he tried to paint her as as being like delusional but right um, So that surprises me that that even happened and the trauma that she endured is beyond the pale, you know?
1: Yeah, that would seem more criminal to me than deviant, right? That's like sexual, like criminal sexuality instead of deviant sexuality. I guess deviant sexuality to me, and maybe I'm wrong, always just seemed like it's kind of naughty, right? Or like BDSM or like, you know, more like, Fifty Shades of Grey type of stuff, rather than like, you know, incest or necrophilia or what you know that kind of shit. Right? I think
0: that we've. I think that people's sexual preferences have been normalized as they should be. Like, exactly. it's into My point. and right. And so, to your point, yes, I completely agree. So but the, sexual the definition devian- of
1: deviancy back then, I think, would have been much more encompassing than it would be today. Like homosexuality was for a long time considered deviancy, you know?
0: Exactly, Um, back in this day. And back Back then it would have been
1: also, right. Or like, again, you know, interracial sexuality would have been considered deviancy. Like there's, it was so different back then. I was just wondering what definition they were using, calling him a sexual deviant. Because I would just call them a a criminal. But, um, but so, and then, so the murder happens. And then Hodel flees to the Philippines mm-hmm. for like forty years. You're right. Yes. So any anything, any description of some kind of of movement that includes you know a a, a form of the verb fled or flee <laughs> to me means. You're, you've done something wrong that you're trying to stay away from, right? That you're trying to avoid prosecution, right? Flees to the Philippines. It was probably a non-extradition treaty country back then, and no one could no one could ever get him. So that, I mean, to your point, it, it he was behaving like a very very guilty person that wanted to avoid prosecution,
0: right? And if he, the thing is, is that he basically was like got off on this incest charge. Yeah. So right. he probably felt like I am bulletproof if you can get off of that. And it's such a very public way. Right. So he didn't have to flee unless he thought there was more charges coming down the line. If he was guilty. Right? right. You're bugging his house. And none of this came to the public eye until like 2003. Right. You know.
1: Right. So that's what I'm saying. So he gets away. He beats the rap on the on the incest charge right mm-hmm. for a second thinks he's untouchable goes and murders somebody in a very artistic crazy sadistic but artistic kind of way to impress in his
0: mind in his mind, in in his his
1: mind to impress yes. his artist friends and like here's a here's a here's a work of art here's performance art that i fucking did guys blah blah, blah. right and then Something must have and my I mean I'm just running out this ground ball. Something must have told him you made a mistake and you're vulnerable to getting caught. You better get the fuck out of here before they get on to you. And and they never did.
0: Well, them taping his house where he's digging a grave and him like and talking
1: you know. about oh, my secretary's not gonna say a fucking word because she's dead too. Right. right. <laughs> and so,
0: you know, that getting ahead of that, I mean, who would think that someone Having this proof that he would get away with that, right but which gets to my out- point,
1: which gets yeah. to my point that I think there was so and and um I this is not breaking news some I'm sure someone listening is gonna go, no shit, dumbass, okay, but that there was especially how rife with corruption the LAPD was back then that he had someone on the inside who said, yo, your house is bugged, we've got you fucking dead to rights saying that you killed your secretary and digging a fucking hole. you gotta bounce, dude.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, absolutely. His his son, who was worked for LAPD homicide for thirty years or twenty 1299,
1: 1299, years until ninety
0: nine. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's the ultimate person who could say, "Yeah, there's massive corruption in here. This is how they did it back then." You know, it was the time. So I think that there's a lot of credence to his story. It was a little bit awkward because. I, one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to is The Root of All Evil, which is based on this case, but from a different angle. And I just loved it. I loved it so much. And I have no stake in that at all, but I was completely convinced. And so I'm talking to the, fir- I talked to the historian first. And when I found out that she was like, this is bullshit. His story isn't real. Like this is, you know, it's a daddy story, like what he was saying. And I was like, you really don't think, it was a little bit awkward. Cause I was like, Yeah, we finally, they've solved it. And I think that there's so many twists and turns with this case that it's, people want to believe what they want to believe. You know what I mean? And so my money is that it's George Hodel. I really think that. But I also think that a stranger could have just picked her up and, but if it was just a stranger, they they wouldn't do all the performative arts stuff. While
1: while the theater and where's the medical degree? Right. And where'd all the blood go and where, you know, I mean, and yeah, there's. To show, again, go ahead.
0: The, the Hollywood story of the Soden house and that's where all this happened. I mean, it's easy to to drink that, you know, milk and honey like, you know, human beings. We like to have that kind of a horrible story. I don't know why I'm guilty of it, too. And that's the story that makes sense. Right.
1: Yeah, I wonder why that is. I don't know. I don't know either. Wow. Wow. Well, it's one of the great... What was it said in the beginning? That it's like the most famous murder in American history?
0: Yeah. America's murder or whatever. Yeah, America's
1: murder, unsolved.
0: Yeah.
1: Unsolved, and it'll always be unsolved. Like, is there any... I mean, there isn't any way we'll ever definitively know unless it's in a time capsule somewhere and it's written down and, like... A confession or something but we're, we're probably never gonna know
0: well and then if even if it was it's like db cooper it's one of those things where it's like you know it happened so long ago you know yeah the evidence what happened to a chain of evidence so title. yeah you know i just don't and i think that it's taken on such a life of its own but what i really wanted to bring to it is who she was these weird myths and and why you know and how far we've come like just I, I still can't get over how she was treated. That bothers me so much, you know, about her being frigid and all that stuff. It, it's just.
1: Oh, that's I, a, it's all a bunch of bullshit. Like I was all, I was all pissed off listening to it. it, it, it and it's just a sign of the times, you know, like back then. We're gonna be like, yeah, her fault, totally her fault, because that was what what it was that was the zeitgeist that was what how we were raised that's how people thought you, as a woman back then you probably would have been saying the same shit ha that I frigid know. woman ha huh, she can't keep a husband whatever that i mean no,
0: i'm not putting myself above it i'm just saying yeah. like no i, now, I that we, now that we know yeah like of instead of the hollywood story i think what's more interesting now is kind of like what it was like back then
1: that's my exactly my takeaway from this is putting the social norms of the day in context in, in the context of, of telling this this unsolved murder story. My takeaway from it, um how exposed I've been to murders since working with you. Um uh not that I've become kind of numb to it because they still affect me, but just seeing what the social norms were, you know, gener a couple generations ago, uh, is really eye opening and really weird. Especially living in living in the city where where it took place, you know, like I couldn't imagine leveling some of the accusations that were just normal, everyday kind of stuff back then. When 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 discussing discussing, oh, it was brutal. Yeah, really, really brutal. But. Um, it's how it was. And so we can, I'm not going to break my arm, pat myself on the back for how far we've come in 2023 because we still have a long way to go. But um, at least it's better. Do you ever yeah. watch, you ever watch uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon?
0: Uh, you know, I started it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah.
1: Just the first episode, I was watching with my wife. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? Right? Where she get, gets up at four in the morning and puts like the cold cream on and does her hair and puts on like a wrinkle-free like, Gown and then pretends to sleep. So when her husband wakes up, she's like, Hi, hey, and like perfect and looks pretty. I'm like, That shit really fucking happened. That was like in the 50s. Like, yeah.
0: Well, and I think like the mad men captured it perfectly. That yeah. whole thing. And, and like, what were her opportunities back then? Right. Her sole focus was to find a man and buy into that you know fairy tale and we still have that with like the princesses sure stuff. Yeah, and those are all
1: carryovers from that time but with her it was compounded right so society told her that that's all that she was and that what's that's what equaled happiness <clears throat> and then there was a period of her life where she looked up to that with her mom and dad and then the dad split and that whole perfect picture was fractured right and so she was not only doing it for herself she was also trying to fill this this hole that was left from her father abandoning her so she was uh, the fact uh, how driven she was to accomplish that goal was just compounded by the loss i think in her life um and so she was going to do it come hell or high water you know
0: well yeah and then the fact that the dad th- saw her saw his daughter as a maid i mean that's what he saw her purpose is like, you know, she's going to be in service to me and this is her purpose, you know? This is what she can do, this is her her value.
1: Wow. I can't get my kids to like pick up their socks off the floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, can't. I really
1: can't. My wife leaves me a list of chores for the day and I'm happy, super happy about it, like great go I've got some time today I'll do it um and uh so when I hear stories like that it just it it uh it really brings into really stark relief the the true kind of uh partnership that my marriage is that I'm that that I'm really happy about um but uh you know might be interesting to live in the 1940s for a couple of weeks as like a dude right
0: oh my gosh don't even go there. Don't even go there! <laughs> oh my God.
1: Just put on a uniform. Oh my God. Down look at the you, street.
0: Look at you acting like you're all involved and like totally trying to It's a
1: thought it's experiment, so- Karen. Oh it's a God. thought experiment.
0: Oh, right, right. Wait, all it is with your bandana for your kung fu, like underneath, like. Oh, it's oh, a thought
1: experiment. Imagine that. Like, all right, I'm a returning like war hero. Okay.
0: These fantasies, okay.
1: I'm a returning war hero in like mm-hmm. 1946. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like 23, 24 years old, like mm-hmm. peaking physically testosterone, right? Like you can, like, I have a force field around me of sex. Okay. Like you just feel it. Okay. I know karate. Cause mm-hmm. I like, I learned karate in Japan as like a prisoner of war I before oh I, God. before I escaped. Oh okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then I could do the love test, you know, Because that was obvious, I guess, apparently acceptable back then, you know, the love test. If a woman wants to sleep with me, that means it's supposed to be and just, you know, and just, and just keep, keep applying that love test to women I meet. Man, that would.
0: Well, that's why I'm looking forward to the future. So I can have Hmm. a fantasy like that too.
1: (laughs) Is karate in your fantasy?
0: No, it's It's not. not. No, it's absolutely not. No. No. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ruling
0: really the world and being equal, mm, you know, probably.
1: What did Christopher Hitchens say? You know, Christopher Hitchens, the late great social commentator, he rose to fame primarily as an atheist debating uh, religious scholars. Um, he loved taking aim at the Catholic Church in their in the cover up scandal of all of that, and but he would he would often say something. He said like. the strength of a society has always been in direct proportion to their empowerment of its, of their women. Yes. Yeah.
0: But then also there's also that thing and it, and how they take care of their most vulnerable citizens too. There's, there's also that, that, that thing, like how we take, I think maybe that was the Romans or something where they're saying, basically like how we take care of the most vulnerable is how healthy a society is. Right. So, hundred percent. Anyway.
1: 100% we are. Well, that's great episode. Nice. Nice. I, I I like historical Carolyn. So, uh, give me something on Jack the Ripper. Go, uh, go to Whitechapel over in, in the UK one of these days and, uh, let's try and solve that one.
0: You that, got it.
1: That's that one's gross. I uh, think
0: that there's going to be a lot of like bisection in that one too. Can you handle it?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but but see what you can come up with. Um, in the meantime thank you everybody for listening uh please consider supporting the great companies that support our show they make it possible for us to do what we do um if you enjoyed the episode today please consider taking a moment or two and heading over to apple podcasts and uh, rating and reviewing the show it helps more than you know uh carolyn thank you again for your hard work
0: thank you brandon and thank you for your hard work you're welcome i love giving you a hard time
1: it's a lot of fun Uh, So until next week, Nation, uh, stay safe out there. And we hope you uh, find time in your week uh, next week to check in with us again. Take care.
0: Bye. The Murder Chronicles is a Pie in the Sky production recorded live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are produced by Brandon Morgan and myself. Music by Soundstripe. For Pie in the Sky Media, I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death